Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. All right, welcome back to the Defiant Spirit Podcast and the Meaning Project Podcast, soon to become, for your listening pleasure, the Meaning Academy. Uh, those of you that have listened to either of us for a while know that uh, Rabbi B and I, A, love working together, and B, uh, here it's uh, pretty good for those of you out there. So we are combining more often, more frequently, and with the idea of bringing a greater sense of meaning-based community your way sometime soon b hey first of all how you doing man it's been a while i'm good it has been too long my my uh, listeners have been outside my house rioting demanding that we put out more podcasts so absolutely i know the running man himself has said more b i think he's getting ready to go on spring break just waiting for us to uh, enlighten his ears um let's let's talk about the state of the world today and why it needs more meaning and maybe maybe we'll filter in there a little bit of the plans we have but you know we started talking earlier that uh man there's some divisiveness in the air and uh quite the antithesis to what we preach yeah as you know i moved here back here is uh, the states and colorado specifically from israel and right now in israel there's literally uh, protests going on in the streets every day around gov- the government, long story. But, then, you know, so I talk to my friends there all the time and it's just chaos. Then you come back here and there's all kinds of things in the news every day. And it is like it was a Paul Harvey, I think, who said in, in times like these, you can be sure there have always been times like these. Yeah. I think it was actually yeah. Admiral William Krell, but somebody said it. And on the one hand, there's always been times like these. On the other hand, there are times like these, and it just feels like it's one fire after another, and it feels Mm -hmm. divisive. Everywhere I go, everybody I talk to is sort of echoing the same divisiveness, and um, it's tiring, it's exhausting, and I just think it's time for us to have a formal conversation about how do we become part of the solution? Right, right. How do we how do we present maybe even a better solution than what you and I have been working on for so long and so hard? I can tell you, I mean, even in my clinical work and especially in my coaching work, that divisiveness, uh, it just filters through no matter what, you know, whatever people are putting in their ears that are not the Meaning Project podcast and the Defiant Spirit podcast. Um, those people, you know, I, I love the story and God bless them. My father. Um, you know, anytime I talk to him, he's grumpy about something and it's on either side. I said, what are you, what have you been doing all day? Well, you know, I've been watching this news and that news, both sides. So why would you poison yourself like that? Well, I got to get both sides of the story somewhere in there is going to be the truth. And I, and I posited it to him at one point. I said, what if, what if there is no truth in there? What if it's just contrived to continue to gather your attention and frustrate you? He said, ah, that can't be true. Of course it is. Right. Because 
We live in a time, I was actually, I can't remember, again, we're going to have a day of quotes, we can't remember who quoted it, but we live in a time that promotes the absence of meaning. We live in a a marketing, consumer-based culture that encourages us, that it just wants our attention and wants to avoid providing us with meaning. It just wants our dollars. So what can we do about that? Well, I think you're touching on a very important point, which is where do we place our attention? Because I've had many conversations with all kinds of people recently about um, how safe of a time it is. It is the most, it's the safest time in human history to be alive, factually. I mean, I can show you a thousand different facts. I won't bore you with it. You'd have a hard time proving otherwise, but that's not what it feels like when your dad gets off of Fox News and CNN and has both sides of the half empty cup. Wait a second. You've been talking to him too, huh? You know what he's watching. <laughs> exactly. And the other one, the MSNBC, right? If we're going to promote, you know, the the, the side middle, we got to promote the other, you know, MSNBC. But um, yes, that is factual, well-researched. We live in the safest time in human history. Uh, infant mortality is down. Uh, lifespan is up. Safety is paramount. Uh, food supply, all these things. We live in the, in the safest most generous time in human history, but you would think with the level of anxiety and depression people feel, you would think we're back in, I don't know, the fall of Rome. Um, I just heard a statistic that was really hard to hear, but it was depression around teens is up like three or fourfold and then suicide ideation is through the roof. And then, you know, as our, as our teacher, Dr. Frankel says, nihilism, you know, the belief that uh, life is meaningless is at an all time high and it's time to, and you're right. It's, it's not just time to replace, um, to fill the void. It's time to build. It's time to build something, you know, getting back to a level playing field is a starting point. Then you got to build on top of that. What are we going to build that's an antidote to the meaninglessness that people are feeling? Mm -hmm. I think we have that antidote. All right. I think we have it in, in what we have studied and what we continue to share. But I think we have some more ideas out there as well. And, and not to tease, too much but you know maybe a little bit there's there's some good things coming i know we've been hitting hinting at it for well over a year now that's something in this rabbi b and dr d chemistry is working and we need to to grow it but wait, 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 those... wait. Let, let me let me tell them we're opening a grooming a men's <laughs> grooming store <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna have the <laughs> finest hair products <laughs> that money can buy the finest hair care and uh shaving <laughs> products and of course uh opposites uh dress shirts for the for the you got black and white and nothing in between so that's not true we would be the worst grooming supply uh suppliers ever no no skills here Um, don't do don't do like us (laughs) but there there is there is look as i said in the beginning in the show intro there's a meaning academy coming and you can start by simply doing the, the easy, uh, some of the easy work, right? Getting into man's search for meaning. How many people we know, you and I both know, one of the top 10 most gifted and 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 shared books of the past 100 years. And again, another statistic uh, or quote, I know is factual. I can't remember where I found it. 
but it's up there. One of the most popular books of the past century. Um, I am often amazed at the people that haven't read it. It's true. That's true. And then you look at like what what's fascinating to me is it's at the top of many different types of lists. So if you go to Amazon, you can see it on like multiple different in multiple different sections as the top list on in business and finance and psychology and Holocaust. And that's to me some of the magic of it. It's such a unifying narrative, such a unifying message. Did you uh did you mean to do that? I mean, we're talking about the divisiveness of the world, and you're suggesting the principles in Man's Search for Meaning are a unifying set of principles that might be able to help our current condition. Well, look, that's funny how that worked out, but yes, indeed, <laughs> that does. Um, one of Dr. Frankel's most famous quotes, uh, especially out of the Holocaust, and I think is, it's time to really embody this, not just say it, but embody it in brick and mortar, virtual or real time. And that is that there's only two races. At the end of the day, there's only two races. There's the decent and the indecent, mm-hmm. right? And what we want to talk about is that get rid of all of the divisive conversations and get to the heart of the decent. And what's inside each of that is the is the search for meaning, the discovery of meaning, living meaning. That is unifying. I think one of the most powerful examples of that is in his own behavior and illustrated in Man's Search for Meaning and several other of his, his books. The idea that he did not hold responsible all German people, all Nazis. He said, you know what, we we cannot i can't even remember the quote but we cannot judge people as a group no matter how nefarious or evil that group was but everybody deserves to be judged on their or or assessed or viewed on their own uniqueness and individual merit and i think that's what we're looking for the decent compared to the indecent we want to help decent people continue down that path towards decency towards helping their fellow man towards transcending the self and truly reaching uh the pinnacle of maslow's hierarchy and and growing themselves their community their family ideally everything around them and one of my kids came home from school when they were little i don't know 15 years ago or something and i asked them i guess it was my son i said were you you know we're a good boy today he said, yeah, it was good. And I said, well, what'd you do that was good? And he started, you know, like telling me all the things that he didn't do that were bad. Um, <laughs> I didn't cheat. I didn't steal. I didn't, you know, whatever. And I was like, that's not good. That's just neutral. Right. right? Neutral isn't enough right. to do good, to be good. You have to do good. You have to do good. It's not enough. And so to refrain from doing bad. And, and what I'm getting to here is, you know, the meaning Academy is, is going to be a place where we can actively do meaning, search for meaning, explore meaning. It's not, when I talk to people and they say, I'm spiritual, and I say, what do you do that's spiritual? And then they say, uh, I'm like, that's, it's meaningless to have these labels and not devote our lifeblood to making them a reality. Otherwise it's just talk. So let's devote some lifeblood to meaning. Yeah. Yeah, actively searching for meaning, not passively. I, I love that idea. Well, I'm spiritual, which means for many people I come in contact with, I'm spiritual, which means I believe in something greater than myself. I just don't like going to a building a couple times a week to uh, 
to get instruction on that or to even maybe praise or worship that. It's like, okay, I got it. But do you go out into the woods to experience it? Do you go try to experience that greater than yourself in nature or experience or or in all these things we talk about in one of the, the components of the meaning triangle is experiencing other people, experiencing life, experiencing beauty. And uh, it's one thing to say, yes, I believe in meaning. I believe in that I'm a spiritual being, but it's a completely different level to be active in it, to do it. And, and I think both you and I know when you're active in that search, when you're active in, in recognizing your spirituality, when you're active and transcending yourself and, and sharing with the world, man, life doesn't get much better than that. And doing it in community, that can be one other person or that can be a thousand other people, but to bear, you know, to bear witness, to be seen, um, my best, maybe I've shared this before, my best friend in life, his name was Mark. We were together every chapter of our life up until um, post, even post-college, well after that. And then he he died. And when he died, he took my witness with him, right? I, I felt like it's almost like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there, you know, that old philosophical conundrum. But I understand that for the first time, because if we're not witnessed, it's really a lonely journey. And we need one another to see and to grow and to challenge and to, and so that's where we're, you know, where we're getting to is it's, it's not enough to just, I mean, look, it's a start to go out and experience meaning and create meaning, but then we have to have a place where we come together and we can see each other's meaning and explore it. And it's your meaning. It's my meaning, but I want to know about your meaning. I want to hear about it. I want to learn about it. Let's go back to something we talked about previously, uh, that idea of sharing it and connecting. Despite our modern technology, research tells us we live in one of the most disconnected times, you know, one of the safest, but most disconnected times in human history. Uh, I heard a, a recent lecture talking about the average size of the, uh, of the home has doubled or tripled in the past 50 years years we have more space meaning we have more opportunity in the places where we reside to hide and avoid and i think we joke i, I know i joke often about having teenagers when you have a bigger house it's far easier for your teenagers to disappear i'll never forget growing up two siblings myself parents in a tiny 1500 square foot ranch house there was no privacy there was no opportunity to go hide you had to go outside to go do that. You had to walk to the playground nearby. You had to go find other people. And then I felt even, you know, despite the dysfunction that propelled me to become a psychologist, it, we were close. We had to be. Versus today, in, in our larger homes, we do tend to be more disconnected um, because of our technology, because of the opportunity to, to have this fake connection um, young people today are on their video games with their headsets on communicating with each other, but there's something different about being fully present with somebody else. And, uh, the loneliness factor, right? Because mm. the people I talk to who are the loneliness are not the, are the loneliest are not the ones who are, um, usually outside of a relationship. Oftentimes it's the people who are in a bad relationship or a neglected relationship or a relationship that should provide a connection that doesn't. 
and they describe the loneliness journey of them all. And so I feel like that's kind of what it's like with all of this connection, this quasi connection, mm -hmm. virtual, whatever. I've never mm -hmm. felt lonelier in my life than when I go onto Facebook. Oh. <laughs> I got two, I got 2000 friends and I feel so lonely on this thing. <laughs> it makes no sense. Right. Thank you so much for not forcing us to hit the uh, explicit button. It's hard, go. man. I, know I I'm saw it, man. The, I man. saw it. I, I know I'm with a, you know, you have sensitive ears, so I'm really trying to respond. Well, it's just, you know, we don't want to have to hit that button and, and you know, take away from other people that would listen. But I know in our casual conversations. I'm, I'm going to try. Should, I'm going to try. Well, just think of it this way. When the Meaning Academy is formally up and, and moving, uh, we can truly be our genuine selves, even a little bit of the dark side that you and I know about each other. Um yeah, so in a world that is divided and divisive, in a time that's divisive and disconnected, I mean, I, I, of course, this is our bias, but I truly believe meaning is the answer. Meaning, community, transcendence, it's the answer to all, all the woes we experience today, isn't it? So I was talking to a guy who's part of a, um, uh, it's called the Entrepreneurs Organization. There's many of these out there. YPL, business networking type groups. And there's a component to it that is about connection, about community. And they, you know, they, all these groups, they use it, rotary, whatever it is, they use the pretext of business to get to the conversation. But what we are doing, and I think what we want to do is remove the pretext. Mm -hmm. Like we, you don't have to have a reason it doesn't have to be a golf. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, business. It doesn't have to have a pretext to get to the conversation. Let's have the conversation. Let's yeah. bring people together in a tribe, in a community that are unified around having a meaningful experience together. Yeah. I think you and I have talked about the power of 12-step uh, groups and AA and NA, um, that people want that, even if they're not addicts but I, I can share a story um i've told you this before maybe i've even talked about it on the podcast uh for the past two years i've run a men's substance abuse group for uh my local community uh people that are court ordered that have to deal with me on a wednesday night um and so that starts with people that are court ordered they don't want to be there nobody wants to be told to go to dr dan's wednesday night group right it's a punishment trust me <laughs> ask my wife what a punishment it is to be with me but it's been amazing because, you know, I, obviously I do things differently. This is not 12 step oriented. It's not focused just on substance abuse. It's about meaning. And I get to bring Dr. Frankel's teachings into it. And within the first meeting, some of these guys who are big, gruff, frustrated, and, and some, yeah, not always, but uh, they say, wow, there's, there's something different here. And many of them, after their mandated 12 sessions, um, keep coming back. You know, I've got some guys that are have have done two or three, two and a half curriculums with me, 12 week curriculums, and just keep coming back for that group. And that's something we talk about for that sense of community, for that connectedness, as they've said, um, just to be able to share their experience as as dark or as light as it has been in a safe and relatively objective place. And I think we all need that in some ways. And maybe 
that's that's a lot of what we're missing in the disconnect and the divisiveness of modern living. There was a time and a place when we had um, organizations, institutions that served this purpose. Uh, I read the book by Putnam, like in the 1990s, Bowling Alone. Did you ever read that? No. You know, it was basically bowling leagues are somewhat of a thing of the past. Now people can bowl alone. Yep, right? I have heard that. I, I've heard that of uh, the the theory there. Please go ahead. I, I I am familiar with that. Pretty straightforward. I mean, and all yeah. you have to do is look at the the latest Pew studies to see that um, church membership is on the decline. Synagogue membership is on the decline. Organiza traditional organizations like Rotary or what's the one that I used to do for all the old guys? Um, they have the secret handshake, the um, Templar stuff. Behind oh, the Masons. Masons, right? Yeah. Like, Sounds like the local golf course, but it could be the Masons. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like they just used to be the unifying elements of our society the glue and i have no look i'm a recovering rabbi like this is not my <laughs> jam to you know um promote these older institutions I, I i believe in capitalism if you will and people vote with their pocketbooks they vote with mm -hmm. their energy their time their resources so mm -hmm. i don't have any interest in trying to revitalize things that people have walked away from what i'm interested in is mm -hmm. addressing the eternal human need for connection that doesn't mm -hmm. go away the mm -hmm. form changes and that's what we need to address and i think that's what we have the plan for that's you know it goes back thousands of years we are wired for connection we were most successful most happy most healthy in our tribes and we you know the industrial the industrialization of, of modern america of the world has definitely taken us out of our tribes and we are individuals, uh, and maybe sometimes families, but you know we know there's a diminishing sense of that as well. So I think that is definitely one of the goals of the Meeting Academy is to bring back the tribe. I don't know about the secret handshake, but certainly that's I don't know maybe. Uh, you know we'll 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 put that on the list of to dos. We'll get there eventually, but um, but it's it's not about um, rejecting. It's about building on the past because you know i don't want it to sound like um everything new i don't want to sound like everything new is bad no. virtual is an example i think what we have the opportunity to do is create a new type of a tribe that is certainly in person you know you're going to join dan and i in a physical retreat in indiana or in colorado or in Hawaii, or we'll figure Ooh. that out. Um, All the but, above, please. But it's a hybrid, right? This virtual component is going to be an amazing opportunity to build tribe with people. Maybe you live in a small town and you just don't have this right. kind of a tribe there, or maybe you're um, whatever, a thousand reasons why virtual and a hybrid, because I've been told by a lot of people, make sure you have an in-person component, check, but also like make it convenient and easy Well, there's virtual. So it's both and. Right. right. I agree. Right. Like, I don't know about you, but when I go to the right conferences, when I go to the right meetings, whatever, uh, whether they're local or far away, I leave rejuvenated. I, I mean, I wish I could go to a conference that wasn't even about the conference topic. It was just hanging out with like-minded people having amazing conversations. And we could do that, as you said, conveniently online using the virtual realm 
but it is important to gather uh, with other like-minded people. For me specifically, I think in a natural setting, right? Woods, trees, mountains, farmland, whatever it is, there's something about nature that we know revitalizes us as well. So I think, boy, it's, it's almost like we're talking through our idea here on the podcast for people to hear that, you know, hey, we would love to hear your opinion out there. Vote, you know, let us know. You know how to get a hold of BNI. You know, tell us, yeah, I think this is a great idea. I would definitely be part of the Meaning Academy and, and, hell, I definitely want to go to Colorado. I'm not sure you want to come out to Indiana, B, but, you know, maybe we can meet up in Hawaii too. So, I'm a uh, either way, I'm a Midwesterner that, at heart. Come on. That's right. Nebraska, born and raised, right? Born and raised. Yeah. So, you know, you know what corn looks like. I do. It doesn't scare me. Um, <laughs> So, yes, and I was just going to add one thing to that, um, but I forgot what it was. So, oh, yeah, if you if if anybody out there is listening and you want to steal this idea and build the Meaning Academy, we'll come to your Meaning Academy. Absolutely. Right. right. So we just want a place and a space. I think I, I know I speak for both of us where we can hang out, where we can have these conversations, where I right. can have a tribe because we all right. need a tribe. And I know Dan and I have been looking for a tribe for a very long time and we found each other, but we mm -hmm. want to expand that tribe because it's a it's an open tent. You know that's such a cool thing. Uh, when we uh, when we found each other, has it been a year or two now? It's been a while. It's been a minute. We'll have to let the audience vote in on that. I'm not sure how long it's been. Wait, um, should I should I play a Barry Manilow song in the background <laughs> when you say this? <laughs> now wait a second, B. Have you <laughs> have you been dabbling in the Barry Manilow lately? That's an interesting topic to bring up. Another conversation for another time. I take <laughs> the fifth. That I'm don't... taking the fifth on that one. <laughs> that is, in fact, a yes. Where the heck was this going? Tribe, you and I finding our tribe. And the funny thing is, you know, we connected over logotherapy and, and recognizing the similarities in each other and, and what we wanted to do and share in the world. But as we've put out these podcasts and shared with other people, it's no joke. People like a. <laughs> I mean, I hope this isn't offensive, but people like us better together than they do alone. Every every Rabbi B episode, I get lots of feedback on it and a lot of people with positive comments. And man, when are you guys going to do that again? And when it's just me doing my, my logo therapy shtick, it works a little bit, but there's something about this that brings about community. I'll, I'll take it a step further. My wife says, you haven't spoken to uh, Dr. Dan in a while, have you? I said, why? <laughs> no, no, why? She said, because you're annoying. Stop talking to me about <laughs> Go talk to Dan. I love him yeah. enough. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I can tell you, um, well, okay, so I'll, I'll spill some more of the secret sauce. Anybody wants to take it, go for it. Like, that's one of the great things about this we were talking about. Even in our modern times, when you have an idea, it's okay to share because somebody else wants to carry it farther than we have already take her away but in the meantime um yeah my wife was very excited rabbi b and i will be joining forces live sometime this year in colorado hanging out maybe just hanging out maybe recording a podcast we'll see what happens there and my wife was very excited she's like you know you talk about this guy pretty incessantly so it'll be nice to actually uh you know put a face to it i said babe you can put a face to it anytime we're on youtube together all over the place she's like not quite the same so, all right. So we'll hang out with Rabbi B this summer when we're in Colorado. So looking forward to that. Um, that is not open to the public yet, but that would be cool someday. Could you imagine doing a live podcast with people just hanging out, asking us live questions? I think that's a cool idea at some point, too. Put it on the list right behind the handshake. <laughs> Ooh, maybe we should do that before the handshake. 
So anyways, I think, uh, you know, I think our meaning seekers have a good sense of part of our why to build community, a, mm-hmm. a tribe of meaning seekers who just want to kind of put their stake in the ground and all things Dr. Victor Frankel and explore, expand, go from there, wherever it takes us, the, the new host, the spirit will take us there. Absolutely. In the meantime, while B and I are working on that, putting our curriculum together, get yourself a couple copies of Man's Search for Meaning. One of the funny things I'd noticed, you can have multiple copies of Man's Search for Meaning and still learn different things. As we've been doing our research for the Meaning Academy, B found a positively ancient version with a foreword by Gordon Alport himself, while most of us have a copy with your friend mentor, uh, Rabbi Harold Kushner. Rabbi Harold Kushner. Um, so, but I mean, the point being, that is uh, one of the greatest books written in the past hundred years, applicable to everything we're dealing with today. Get yourself a copy of that. Keep listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast and the Meaning Project Podcast. Get yourself an Enneagram assessment with a good Rabbi B. Walk yourself through uh, defying your numbers. And if you're more about defying your letters and learning about your MBTI, that's what I'm available for too. Someday, this will definitely be unified under Victor Frankel's Meaning Academy. I like where this is going to be. I love it. Let's just keep it going, brother. Absolutely. Until then, you can find me at uh, DanielAFrans.com or the Meaning Project Podcast. B, where can they find out more about you? DefianceSpirit.org and meet you there. Absolutely. And again, I just want to repeat this, please, listeners out there. We want to know more about what you would think about this upcoming Meaning Academy. What do you absolutely want to see there? Uh, What would you positively hate? One thing I think most listeners would positively hate be is a a list of our grooming habits and whether or not we should wear toupees to these meetings. So I'm guessing, thank God those things disappeared years ago. It's um, definitely not up for a vote. (laughs) Excellent. Always good seeing you, brother. Take care. And uh, I think we'll do this again sometime soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life live the defiant spirit power within your life visit defiantspirit.org until then keep living your defiant spirit